This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Let me start here with this. I know um, a poll came out yesterday documenting a big lead Olivia Chow has in the mayoral election. Things were really busy last week. There were, what, four debates over the span of uh, a day and a half or so. Polls are showing she's in the lead. And I don't actually believe that polls become a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. I see a ton of undecided voters. It is very difficult to get a gauge when political parties aren't attached to a poll. It's easy. I don't know if you noticed the Alberta election last night. It went exactly as the polls said. This does happen sometime. Eventually, the U.S. presidential election went exactly as the polls said. A little bit of consternation, right? Because it's a COVID year and there were all these mail-in ballots. So it was complicated. I'll put it that way. But it worked out exactly like people said. This will be a reasonable win for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. Did you vote in the 2021 um, Canadian federal election? The polls were right. It's going to be a minority government for Justin Trudeau. Did you vote last year at this time in the Ontario provincial election? The polls told us two things. One, there was a lot of voter apathy that documented itself. There was polls saying we can't voters can't distinguish between the NDP's platform and the liberals platform. There's a lot of frustration about both platforms. You'd think after four years, people could dig in on the Ford government and say they didn't do this right. They didn't get that right. There were lots of second guesses, especially because we went through a pandemic. Nope. Doug Ford increased his majority and the polls told us he would do that. But I think it's a trickier game here to look at a mayoral polling race. And I'll tell you why. One, undecided voters and so many, so much vote dilution amongst the candidates. Last night in Alberta, you basically had two parties. They basically have, there's two provinces out of the 10 that in essence have a two-party system. And Alberta happens to be one of them. Quebec's all over the place. They've got numerous choices. But Francois Legault is a very popular um, premier right now. Maybe not even as popular as Doug Ford. And we documented yesterday on the show, nobody was a more popular premier than Jason Kenney in 2019 amongst his electorate. Nobody was. Nobody in B.C. was. Nobody in the Maritimes was. And certainly not Doug Ford in Ontario. And now Ford almost could make a case to claim that title. But Daniel Smith wins the election last night. When I look at the Toronto mayoral race, and uh, yesterday it was pointed out, Olivia Chow has grown her support. Well, there are a lot of polling companies out there. That's for sure. Um, Her big announcement over the weekend, and I cannot figure this out why this didn't get documented a little bit more. She said, I want to open libraries. Now, I'm I'm more pro-library than anti-library. She wants libraries to be open on Sunday. I think that's great. I hope they get utilized more. I'd love for people to read more than not read more. I'm a pro-reading voter, not an anti-reading voter. So that's great. But I thought, wait a minute. I had to look back. Did Josh Matlow have the same platform? Didn't he stand in front of a library and have the same platform 20 days ago, 25 days ago? And then I had to double back and check. No, I was wrong. It happens sometimes. It's a live show. 45 days ago, Josh Matlow said, I'm going to open libraries on weekends. So it made me think about what Matlow needs to do here. And I think he's got two courses of action. And let me spell this out. By the way, do you remember the early controversy is the idea that he was utilizing platforms from um, and and, uh, and edicts 
And this is what I'll do if I'll get elected. He was using plat- um, that, those concepts from Gil Penalosa. You remember that story? It lasted about a day and a half that um, Gil Penalosa and then Gil Penalosa said, no, 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 those I'm using Josh Madlow's policies. It's not the other way around. And uh, and and his current chief of staff was helping Gil Penalosa's campaign. But now he's not. Now he's in the Matlow campaign because now, unlike last fall, Josh Matlow's running for mayor and he didn't. And I can I can sense sort of there's elements of Matlow's platform in Olivia Chow's campaign to some extent in Mitzi Hunter's campaign. Now, Josh could take that as a compliment, but I would point out where people are kind of cribbing from you. The goal originality is really, really important, but we all suffer from maybe not being original at the end of the day. Every idea feels like maybe that's somebody else's riff. He's got two calls here. Go after Olivia Chow. People aren't going to decide. And this is a this is a uh, urgent message to Josh Matlow. And it's not that urgent because he's got 27 days to go. I think he's the only person that can take Olivia Chow down, but he has to go after Olivia Chow. No one's deciding to vote for Josh Matlow or Mark Saunders. No one's deciding to vote for Josh Matlow or Brad Bradford. I can't decide if it's Matlow or Saunders. No, they're going to decide between Chow and Matlow. But he also may hold that powder. He also may keep his powder dry, as they say, and wait this out. Because being a good soldier, finishing strong, being an effective voice on council may mean he runs again in 2026. This will not be the only time Josh Matlow runs for mayor. It may be the only time Olivia Chow runs for mayor. She's 66 years old. Age is just a number. I got you. But there's that reality there. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. The emergency room in Minden is closing up. And uh, the concept, there's a sign, a big sign. You know, they have those signs with the rainbow letters and whatnot, yellow, red, uh, just to get your attention when you're driving by. They're basically telling you, don't come here. Here's where the nearest emergency room is. And for small town Ontario, especially for cottage country Ontario, where the population kind of swells, this is going to be uh, an issue. All right. Tonight, Blue Jays back on uh, home uh, field after six days away. They'll play Milwaukee with a 707 start and they're home for a while and they're home even heading into Pride weekend. They've got a big event June 9th and 10th on the Friday and Saturday of next week for Pride. Okay, all that said, uh, Anthony Bass, uh, one of their relievers, is I, I don't know if he's in hot water with the organization. The best way I can describe it is he caused a lot of concern yesterday by um, like like Jason, Instagram is different than Twitter, but he put up an Instagram story, but it's not him talking and it's not him on video. And I don't know the person's name, but let's play you what he posted. So he posted somebody else's words. And I don't know how we could we could deem it as anything else other than I support this and I'm endorsing this because he didn't say otherwise. Here's the video. And this gentleman's talking about the Bible and Target and the job that needs to be done to uh, to, I think, make things difficult for retail environments that go, quote, against the Bible. Here's the video. Here's the reason biblically why I believe Christians ought to be boycotting Target and Bud Light and any other corporation that's pushing the things they're pushing. I think a lot of people make this into a political issue or they say, oh, what's the big deal? If you know, is it really going to make that big of a difference if I'm shopping there or not shopping there? Here's what the Bible says. It tells us what to do as Christians in Ephesians chapter five. It says this. 
take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful to even talk of the things that they do in secret. So what does that mean to take no part? Well, what's Target do? It's a business. They, they make money. They sell things. And to take part in that is to take part in that God of mammon that they're serving and to take part in the darkness that they're purveying and getting out to the world and, and, and shoving into children's faces. And to take part in that is to give them your money. And I believe the Bible gives us radical precedent to say no. We are running from that and to instead, instead expose those things to, to, to shout it to all the people that have ears to hear that this is evil. This is demonic. We won't stand for it. We're not going to go to the stores anymore and we're not going to give them our money. We're going to let our voice be heard so that people can see the light. And so that people can be pulled out of the darkness. Okay, we got about five minutes here. That's the video Anthony Bass post, Jason. I I don't know how to view it as anything other than an endorsement of that. The the problem with the video is, well, there's several things wrong with the video. One is, what is it? What is it? What's getting pushed in kids' faces? If you're specific, then we can have an actual conversation about it. But you, if you leave it open ended, I just assume that he thinks being gay is evil. I, that's all that I, mean, I can't go anywhere else except thinking that. And I would greatly not endorse that principle. And I would not be a Toronto Blue Jay endorsing that principle. And I would not be thrilled if I am the Toronto Blue Jays that one of my players endorse that principle because it's so open ended. So the Jays have said that. Players are allowed to have personal views, and sure. they won't take any other stance on that at all. But can I tell you, this is, uh, for me, another example of why kids don't use your sport f- heroes as your guides in life. Or your, like, listen, if you agree with Anthony Bass, that's your uh, uh, right and privilege to have that view. But why, why do we put Anthony Bass on any sort of pedestal? He's... Just in our public eye, because the guy's got a pretty good, weird arm angle who comes out of the bullpen and throws hard. That's, but that's just how it's going to that, be. That's how it's going to be. And kids why, are gonna, though, why, though? Jason, Greg? I don't like, have why. a why. Yeah, why, though? Because, I mean, this comes down to parenting, Greg. I mean, we as parents should probably talk about the fact that our sports heroes are just that. They're just sporting Of course figures. they are, but so are actors parenting. and so are musicians. And they're all going to screw up at one time or another. And I, and I But we keep putting these people on pedestals, and I don't know why I look to Hollywood for advice on the big issues of the day. Why do we do it? Well, I, 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 I'm why? Tr- I would take those industries and I would say I'm tremendously inspired by some of those people. I, and so you, whether it's Muhammad Ali or whether it's Sean Penn, and even if I don't agree with Muhammad Ali and Sean Penn on everything, I, I think it's courageous to have opinions. I think you. I think if you're not opinionated, you're not getting anywhere in life if you don't advocate for things yeah. and you'll be right and you'll be wrong. The, the crux of the issue is I don't think the Blue Jays can do very much here even except to sit him in a room and go, yeah. stop. Yeah, I agree. And listen, Stop it. I me, don't think they can cut him today because I no, think— No, they're not going to cut him today. Well, no, they're not going to cut him today. I, I get, and the, uh, look, I also think, and you and I know this, and this, isn't, this is such an obvious thing because it actually involves merit— which doesn't in, involve, um, which isn't involved sometimes in in our society. But this isn't Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who they won't cut if he does this, or right. Bo Bichette who they level. won't cut. That's right. He's if they does this, level. but, but you got a reliever say, with a six ERA yeah. who isn't doing very well right now, and it may 
it may just add to the chain of reasons to, to privately why the Blue Jays might go at this point. We don't need this headache yeah. for a, for an av- for a below average relief pitcher. You're right. And let me just say, as a practicing Christian, I go to church on a regular basis. Anthony Bass is a unmitigated idiot for posting this uh, retweet or whatever it is. Like he put it on his stories. Like you said, he took a a reel and posted it on his stories, and so he's an idiot for it because. If you go to church, I'm fundamentally a believer of this. Um, there is to post a, a video like this goes against everything I believe personally as a church going person. Why? Uh, because I believe fundamentally, if you're a, a believer in Jesus, Jesus is after your heart. He wants you to be the best version of you, and this does not at all get into that. It makes a large group of people feel incredibly upset and angry, and it doesn't have any nuance or grace in it It, it has no nuance. It's idiotic for him, and it's it, this is where the Christian movement is just lost to me, and I don't understand why there has to be so much vitriol and hate and a focus on this issue from Anthony Bass is idiotic. Um, so I just need to put that out there by reposting this video uh, I I think is an idiot to be well, perfectly this, honest. Again, but. to to leave it all out there in the ether, and and for me not to understand what the uh, where where the evil is and what's being pushed to children. Does he have an opinion about um, trans athletes in in women's sports at at the youth level or the college level? Because that's something to have an opinion about that has nuance and has a lot of layers of um of gray area does he have an opinion on when sex education should be taught in schools because yeah. that's something we all could wait but there isn't any of that there's, there's none it, of like that, and, yeah. and so you leave yourself open for interpretation and probably by design or idiocy to make me think you think gay people are 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 are, are, are and you should, should burn in hell and the devil and, and i can't we can't have you representing our company anymore. to me greg it really is and again though i just want to go back to my original point ladies and gentlemen Sports figures and Hollywood figures, they're just people, idiots like you and me. And I don't know why they have no formal education. They're not in a, a, a position of power. They're not elected to anything. Just pitch. And I, honestly, I mean that. And if you have a personal view and want to do it, make your account. I, I don't even know. Just talk about it in person. Nuance that conversation you, with people who are around you instead of putting a blanket retweet uh, or story. I want to, what I want to pursue after seven is whether yeah. we think this dings the Blue Jays um, at by the not, box by office. Standing by him? Oh, 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 I Cause, see. Because oh. you also remember, okay. different story, very different circumstances, but they did this with Roberto you know, Osuna oh, back Osuna, in 2018. Right. Yeah. You know, very oh, yeah. controversially yeah. in 2018. Yeah. Um, so I want to get to that in a little bit. They hey. stood by him until they couldn't stand by him anymore. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's News, Today's Talk. 640 Toronto. This is a controversial issue, no question about it. It's a concerning issue. Uh, if you're in Minden or in uh, Halliburton, area. Uh, the population swells this time of year. People go up. I know that area really, really well from uh, being in Miners Bay with my family for a ton of time as a, as a little kid. Um, but the idea of the emergency room closing in Minden was something we brought up a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's not the only community. Here's NDP leader, opposition leader, Marit Stiles, pushing this towards Doug Ford himself in Queen's Park yesterday. Speaker, it's working so well that the emergency rooms are closing. That's what's happening under this government's watch five years in, and it's not just Minden, Speaker. Chesley, Walkerton, Seaforth, Alexandria, Clinton, Perth, Campbellford. The ER in Thessalon announced this morning that it would be closed again today due to staffing shortages. 
Speaker, this community has been without a primary care doctor for two years, and now they're going to have to drive 40 minutes to an emergency room. While you're busy trying to take more staff out of our system and move them into private for-profit clinics, the solution is simple. Invest in the staff we need to keep those emergency rooms open. So to the Premier, what will he do today to make sure that Question. this closure in Thessalon is the last ER closure Ontarians will see this summer. So there's a lot there. Mart Styles references staffing shortages. Those things are true. Those things are absolutely accurate. Mart Styles and the NDP have no interest, none, zip, in talking about major reforms uh, to healthcare, which may be necessary to prevent those staffing shortages for doctors and nurses. So it's all got a lot of layers to it. Um, we, we, it feels like we're, the, the whole debate about healthcare is kind of slipping away from us and the practicality of the people who need it and the people who give it, um, they're getting left in, in this middle part here. Bob Carter is the mayor of Minden. He's kind enough to join us now on Toronto Today. Mayor Carter, thank you very much for the time today. I appreciate it. So it, this is our understanding. The emergency room in Minden is open two more days and then it isn't. That hasn't changed. That is correct. It hasn't changed at all. Tomorrow night at midnight, it closes down. What's this mean for your community? Well, I think it's pretty devastating, actually. Uh, We are one of the fastest growing communities in Ontario, but we're also one of the oldest. Um, And many, many people rely on that uh, emergency room and, uh, you know, the extra 20, 25 minutes that it would take to get to Halliburton could be a very, very dire situation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess as well, and I remember this from my uh, again big Minden fan, big Miners Bay person when I was a kid. Um, you have an older demographic as well, especially in the summer. You've got people who've retired, who've who've done well, and and are, are spending time up there, and they'll have family members up there. So you're not like like the people that are coming to the emergency room. Is my understanding in Minden are usually people who. Um, may be more vulnerable. They're not necessarily people in their twenties and thirties. Well, that's that's absolutely correct. Our, our our median age is almost sixty up here because so many people do retire here. You know, they change mm-hmm. their cottages over to retirement homes, and um, and it's it's like I said, it's going to be very difficult. As you get older, you need more medical care. And so closing down medical care seems to be the opposite of what should happen. Minden's got a population. I know the surrounding area and a lot of the story has gone, gone you know, considerably beyond Minden's borders. But Minden's population's like around 6,000. But you have a population. I'm sorry, you have a petition of closer to 20,000. So clearly there's a lot of people in the area uh, that this decision from the Ford government, um, like it rattles them considerably about about where they can get their health care needs met. Absolutely. Uh, the population of Minden is more like 7,000. Halliburton County is about 20,000 altogether. But in the summertime, our population uh, almost tripled mm-hmm. because of uh, cottagers and visitors and uh, people who are on holidays who come up here for the lakes and uh, and all the services we have. The, a, a big thing is... There's not been much community consultation. There's not been much notice on this. If they told you, Mayor, that the emergency room was closing in December or June of 2024, 
there's some wiggle room for residents to consider options. Um, this this only came probably across your desk, what, like five, six weeks ago? It was actually six weeks okay. exactly is when uh, they gave us the, the word. And they had not discussed anything with any of the local politicians, with the doctors, with the nurses, with the EMS. This was a decision made by a group of the executive of Triple HS, the the health services, and um, and the board approved it, and it was a complete shock to everybody. Do you have any hope over the next forty eight hours that something changes here? No, they seem to be holding to their position, no matter what we say. Um, you know, we've, we've begged, we've pleaded, uh, we've tried to show them the facts, uh, but they seem determined to go headlong into this. We're talking to Bob Carter, uh, the mayor of Minden. Now, you've got a unique lens into healthcare care um, with your family. Your wife is a family doctor in Minden. I'm, I'm asking this not for um, not to be glib. Is she one of the only family doctors in Minden? Uh, she actually is the only okay. family doctor, although uh, she's part of a, a team that includes doctors that are in Halliburton. Yes. What happens to her now and what happens to how uh, busy she is? She can't deal like a family doctor is not does not have the equipment nor the wherewithal, I would think, to deal with with, you know, emergency patients of people having, you know, strokes or people in car accidents to use extreme scenarios. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and there are 15,000 uh, visits to the uh, Minden Emerge each year. So there's there's no way that that would uh, even fit into her schedule. But more importantly, you know, emergency rooms are different than family doctors. Uh, you know, they have, they have the different equipment. They have the different drugs and so on that are required to be able to handle emergencies. A family uh, practice doctor does not have that. Her office is located right above the current emergency room. That probably plays into what the expectations are um, when June first rolls around on Thursday, doesn't it? Well, there's a yeah, you know, it is a bit scary uh, because the the building itself was never actually opened as a hospital. It was an emergency room and the long term care facility, and then plus some medical offices above the uh, emergency. So you know, there's always the feeling that people are just going to show up and uh so that's uh that's going to be a difficult situation um laurie scott is your mpp what are the, what conversations have you had with her about this i've spoken to her rather extensively about it uh, you know this is unfortunately the way hospitals are set up in ontario is that very often there are local boards that are in charge and um, the Ontario government has an agreement with those boards, but has really little that they can do ahead of time. If the if the uh, hospital does not live up to its uh, agreements, well, then the, the government can step in. But legally, uh, they're an independent board, and they have made this decision without regard for the people of Minden. Do you have a longer... You know, I, I suppose it's it, you got to deal with in the now, and and these are these are harrowing times and concerning times for your community in, in the summer with this happening for sure. Do you have you know con- like conversations and opinions about where we are going uh, with healthcare? I mentioned that off the top that there there has to be it, like pouring money into a system that may not working may not change very much, and at the same time 
cutting services while we claim to have universal health care doesn't add up either. Is there some kind of middle ground we are our whole province needs to find? Like we got to start having uncomfortable conversations about what we do going forward, don't we? Right. I think we do. But obviously, you know, we here in Minden aren't going to solve all the problems with health care across Ontario. We've just been focusing on our on our own situation. And in our own situation, the staffing shortages were not the uh, cause of this. No, I, I suppose not. Um, yeah, it, it's it's I thank you enough for I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and, and documenting this. Um, and I hope we can stay in touch with you during the summer. I'd love for there to be a reprieve in the next 48 hours. Um, but I know that, um, you know, as you know, in politics, hope isn't a plan and you'll have to pivot and adjust as, as you see fit. But I hope we can talk again later in the summer and, and see where things are at. Absolutely. Anytime. We uh, we look forward to this with some trepidation yeah. and we just hope that it works out. Bob Carter's the mayor of Minden joining us on Toronto Today. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. We welcome on uh, mayoral candidate. She wants your vote on June 26, which is a mere 27 days away. I think when we get to June on Thursday, it'll feel a lot more real to everybody. But she's been out there staying very, very busy and has something a little later on this morning um, in terms of an announcement about the TTC. But Mitzi Hunter joins us right now on 640 Toronto. Great to have you back on. How are you this morning? Hi, Greg. It's it's great to be back. And you're right. June 1st is when signs go up. So it'll definitely feel like an election then. I think so. I think so. Now, you're getting a lot of you're getting praise for costing things out. I, I know we've talked about this before that you're saying, here's here's my tax rate. This is what this costs. This is what that's, that, that costs. And for a city that's got, you know, a billion dollar budget shortfall, um, I, I think people are appreciative of, of that. What are you hearing from potential voters who are saying, I'm still weighing, you know, all the candidates, including yourself. Um, People probably do want certainty when it comes to what things cost when they go vote in a few weeks. They do. And and people are really appreciating the straight talk, you know, that that someone's really calling it for what it is. And uh, and we do do need to do things differently. We need change. That is for sure. And I'm laying out exactly what what my plan will cost very openly, very, very transparently on my website, mitziformair.ca. And what people are also seeing is that, you know, the other candidates have not done that, or they're, you know, sort of putting out ideas that are a non-starter from the beginning. And, and that's false hope and people, people don't want that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from the voters that they appreciate knowing exactly what they're going to get before voting day. All right. You've done some your team's done some numbers about the TTC. And, and I know you've got an announcement later on this morning. But what can you tell our audience about what uh, about some of what you're announcing later on today? Yeah. And the fact is, Greg, you know, the TTC is something that people rely on. It's it's really at the heart of our city, people being able to get around. And, you know, this this uh, announcement I'm I'm making today was actually brought to me when I was door knocking by a construction worker who, you know, in, in order for the TTC to be reliable, it has to be moving by a certain time of day. And um, and that was something that came out, not just, you know, with that one conversation, but I heard it repeatedly. 
and uh, and I'm responding with um, you know how we improve services for people. I'm investing in the TTC, making sure we get Toronto moving, and uh, and for everyone, especially those workers that are are there at the crack of dawn, getting our city waking up. You know, they need to make sure that the TTC is there for them as well. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of your platform, you've talked about eliminating seniors fares for it. You're going to lower seniors uh, TTC fares by 10 cents. You're going to reverse some of the recent service cuts. Is there money you have to take somewhere else to, from somewhere else to do these things? I know there's candidates that are against this. Anna Bylaw, Brad Bradford, they won't do these things you're doing to enhance service for the TTC. So what do you have to do as a result of lowering these costs for, for, um, for transit riders? Yeah, and my goal is to boost ridership because we we are subsidizing the low ridership on the TTC. And, you know, I want to remind everyone that, you know, councillors Matlow and, and Bradford voted for that death spiral of service cuts and increased fares that no one wants to see. You know, what I'm looking at instead is an investment in TTC. And yes, we will need to invest in it. We want to eliminate fares for seniors and no other candidate in the race is proposing to do that. Um, I was with uh, over 100 seniors yesterday talking about this. They seem to think it was a good idea because they're on fixed income. Mm -hmm. And every little bit they can put back into their pocket really helps them. And if they ride the TTC five times a week, that's over $1,200 that they're going to save and they can use that for something else. It's really important. That puts, foods on the t puts food on the table for those seniors, uh, making it free as well for wheel-trans users and an investment to expand the service. I'm the only one doing that. People with accessibility needs in our city are asking that, you know, they have a greater uh, voice in this election. And that's what I'm doing in, in terms of bringing these solutions to bear. Mitzi Hunter is our guest on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. So if subways were to operate earlier, again, you've costed some of this out. You think there's a benefit. You think you can get customers um, moving on transit earlier and not taking cars or not taking Ubers or not or not finding another way around and, and being able to even accept a job that that needs them to get to work earlier. You've costed a lot of this out. Yeah, I have. And this is about getting Toronto working and and making sure that people can get to jobs um you know we want a city that increases our productivity and our economy and and a city that is thriving and in order to do that there's a role for the city to play in creating the conditions for which that is going to occur um it is i have a fully costed plan as as you know greg and and this is available on on my my website what what i want voters to see is that we are taking control of Toronto's destiny. We're not waiting and wishing and hoping that some government is going to come rescue mm -hmm. us. When has that ever happened for Toronto only? You know, almost really never, uh, except maybe during the pandemic when there was a, a health emergency, federal and provincial government stepped in. But now they expect Toronto to stand on our own and, and we've got to get moving. I've had people note that Sunday, and I had to look this up to be sure, um, Sunday morning, the TTC opens at 8 a.m. Is there any wiggle room with that or or is what you're planning to announce later today more of a more of a Monday to Saturday principle six days a week? Is there anything on Sunday that is worth doing earlier? 
Yeah, I'm I'm really looking at um the Monday to Saturday. I'm looking at, you know, those those workers, those construction workers, people who need to get on the system. And frankly, it also helps us with our greenhouse gas emissions reductions because people can choose to get on the subway instead of in their cars, which is what they're doing now. Or even in like taking three and four buses just to get to a job site. I want to eliminate that. So I'm reading. I'm reading the con- the concept is potentially opening subways earlier. These are the things that that your team has looked at. This is this is correct, uh, Greg. You you've heard it from me. <laughs> so okay, l- let the audience. So if they can't hear your announcement later today, what w- what is it that people would need to know about about those timings? Yeah. So so what I'm doing is in in my you know going out, talking to people from across the city, uh, what I'm hearing is that the service times for the TTC needs to be earlier so that yeah. people get on the subway and get down to a job site that they need um, at an earlier level. 6 a.m. is just not cutting it. They have to be at the job site for 6.30. So I'm going to make an announcement this morning that responds to that. Okay. Mitzi, thanks so much for the time today. And I know we'll talk really soon. Uh, People can find your website where again? They can reach, they can download my fully costed platform at mitziformare.ca. And that's mitziformare.ca. Mitziformare.ca. Thanks for making the time. We'll talk really soon. Thanks so much, Greg. There's Mitzi Hunter joining us. uh, Looking for your vote on June 26th.